What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your day podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. And today, have a very special guest on with me, Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network, the draft analyst. Oh, there, I've had him on a few times here. Mainly to talk Kenny Pickett. We won't talk much Kenny today, but we will talk other Pitt guys. But first of all, Ian, how are you doing, my guy? I'm doing good, man. It's been too long since I've talked about Pittsburgh prospects, so we got to change that for sure. I'm a little bummed that we're not talking about Kenny today, but I'll let that slide. We got a lot of uh, a good good stuff on tap, and obviously, you know, through April, I've been watching a lot of these guys. Obviously, it's a busy time, right? But leading up to the draft, it's all you can do is prepare for it and make sure you know your stuff going in. So it's been a fun process, and especially diving into the pit class because even even you know the the surface guys like Kenny and Damari, who we'll talk about, they got a few other talented guys to watch as well. So it's a fun uh, fun class. For sure, a fun class for Pitt. And as you said, right, a few guys that they will have. But first, I think the other guy that, other than Kenny Pickett in this class, that was once thought to be maybe a seventh-round pick, sixth-round pick, has really shot up the boards as Damari Mathis. I can't say that he has done anything to hurt his stock every step of the way, and this has kind of been the one thing with me about Damari Mathis is that it felt like every single time he went, somewhere senior bowl combine pro day he just it, the stock kept going like this I, I mean really i mean the fourth the fourth the sub four four at, at the combine was big i thought he had a good week at mobile and then the guy jumps 43 and a half inches on the vertical of pit pro day right in front of me i was uh, absurdly shocked um how high he got up but i mean man i i guess the first thing is you know damari what about the tape Right. That's that's kind of the yeah. only thing that I haven't talked about a ton here. What do you think of Tamari Mathis's tape? Yeah. So I think I mean, first off, got to talk about the offseason real quick, because you're absolutely right. I mean, he's gone on a straight upward trajectory, almost 90 degrees, man. I mean, it's crazy how quickly he's ascended, you know, and I knew he had a solid senior bowl week. I was like, all right, he's kind of on my radar. And I remember talking with you about him. I hadn't done a deep dive about on him at that point. But I had managed to catch some of his tape. And I think what I said was, you know, pretty good press technique, closes well, sinks his hips on direction changes, you know, and is a physical guy. I was just a little uncertain about the athletic ceiling, but he is really, you know, quelled those concerns this offseason. The NFL combine running a sub 4-4 was really impressive. And then, as you said, the 43 and a half inch vertical is just insane. Uh, and I think, you know, watching him, did my deep dive on him after that, because at that point, you know, we were kind of getting to the end of the scouting report you know, buzz, but I was like, all right, this guy's testing so well. I know he has pretty good tape. You know, let me go in and do a deep dive and really get the the, the layout of this guy. And so I, I went and did the scouting report on him. And I was a lot, like, I was impressed. I, I had a feeling that I'd be impressed because I hadn't done a deep dive yet. But, you know, I was more impressed than I thought I would be. And obviously, you never want to come into an evaluation with expectations, right? But I, I guess what I should say is that he was making plays out there. Like, I was like, this is a guy who needs to get more, he, who needs to have more hype than he has now, just being an athletic guy who tests well. He's a, he's a player who plays well on the football field, right? So I think it, it all boils down to, you know, he has the traits, but he supplements them really well. If I can pull up my notes, what I do for my scouting boards is I do bulleted lists and then I can kind of consolidate it into a written form, right? But some of my bolded notes were, um, you know, phenomenal proportional length with those 32-inch arms, right? Has elite closing speed with that explosiveness. But I, I really like how he sinks his hips on those direction changes uses feet first and press. And here's the thing. I don't think his press technique is perfect. If we can get, get into that, you know, I think he's a little uncontrolled at times. He gets worked a little too far up the field with those route stems, right? Those releases that can get him off balance pretty easily. So I'd like him to play a little tighter on those, but I do appreciate that he uses feet first. Uh, he's a very physical dude, but he's not often, he's not often overzealous with that physicality. Very, you know, more often than not, I was really impressed with the sense of timing that he had. 
you know, using his feet to match the receiver and then jam at the proper time, channeling that physicality appropriately because he's a very physical dude. I mean, he is a chippy competitor. He's gonna he's gonna get you in your face, and I love that about him. I love corners that have the alpha mentality. But then on top of that, you know, he's shown that he has the awareness to use it at the right time. So that was a really encouraging thing for me. You know, beyond that, having the speed to carry guys upfield, he definitely has that. He's got the playmaking ability at the catch point. We've seen that. He was very productive in 2019 uh, and obviously missed 2020 with an injury, but came back in 2021 and kept it going. And I think that you see that on tape is that it kind of matches the production where he has a very good sense of timing at the catch point as well, can elevate with that 43 and a half inch vert, uh, can time himself well, and can obviously use his length to make plays on the ball as well. So really proactive physical playmaker who I think has the explosiveness and enough fluidity, not an elite fluid corner, you know, in terms of, you know, he has the elite burst, not quite elite with his fluidity, but I think he's fluid enough where he can transition. He can stack direction changes, very twitchy, energetic mover. Uh, I always like those guys at the cornerback position. So overall he checks a lot of my boxes. I think the the two knocks that I would have, you know, is playing more controlled, occasional lapses in zone coverage with awareness, right? But, you know, again, it's nothing that you can't coach up. I think more often than not, he has the traits that you can coach up. And he's got the, you know, the explosiveness, the length, the closing speed, the fluidity, the physicality. You know, a lot of the traits that I want for my corners that aren't necessarily, you know, developmental, that are kind of more innate, he has all those. So I was a big fan. You know, I like the upside even more now. And I think that there's a lot of promising stuff on the tape. Yeah, I've always thought that when you look at Tamari Mathis, I never – I don't want to say he's a bad athlete on tape because he's not. I never quite saw it. Like, I, I saw yeah. a very good – like, great, like the 43-and-a-half-inch vert is – that's a generational number, you know, right? Yeah, I, didn't, I, never, yeah, I, I saw a very good closing speed, but not quite that. But, I mean, exactly. hey, I'll take it. And, like, I didn't see 4.38 speed either. I saw, like, okay, 4.5-ish, but he, like, outperformed my expectations in athletic – terms i never thought his game and this is probably good for him to be quite honest with you i think this is actually a good thing you know yeah he doesn't have i, I necessarily think the uh, uber athletic traits on film but i thought his game was predicated on you know football iq kind of read reacting stuff and i thought it was predicated on his physicality and and i thought that's kind of what his game was predicated on so when he tested it, it was just kind of a bonus to me. Because, uh, again, I, I never thought his game was predicated on that. But maybe there's some untapped potential there with Demari Mathis. And, and I find him to be a really fascinating player as a result of that. Because he comes from a scheme that he literally played cover zero in quarters pretty much the whole time. I mean, he was on an island almost every snap he put out there. Now, the game against Wake Forest, I think, kind of attributed – some of the things you're talking about when he faced a guy like A.T. Perry, who's this really big guy, but he's very fluid for his size. And he had those quick stop routes. I don't think Demari could could stick and reroute with him as best. So he's a little bit, I think, late sometimes to see it with his eyes, get a little bit too much in his pocket. And, and he'll have some help on, in, on that outside and he'll play more leverage rules and he'll do these different things. You know, they're, they're, you're not going to play a lot of cover zero quarters in the NFL. So he has the hardest stuff down. But I also do find that when you look at what he brings to the table, I think that there are some of those fluidity concerns, as you said. I think that might limit his ceiling um, less than what the athletic traits or the testing would say. He kind of is going to be, I think, a corner two to me. Uh, That's the kind of type of guy I'm seeing. And so that kind of now lends myself into my next question for you is, well, okay, Damari now has these traits, has this tape. How do you actually – 
evaluate that and where does he go in this corner group? Because this is a group of corners that has some really good players. You know, the, obviously the top with Stingley Booth, Gardner McDuffie, those guys in the name of McCreary, Elam Gordon. Uh, you have Tariq Woolen coming up. You have Cam Taylor Britt coming up. You have, and it's just a deep class. I mean, you have, you know, you have Kobe Bryant, Jalen Moore Davis, Martin Emerson, uh, Marcus Jones, Mario Goodrich. Like there are so many guys in this class. And then you have to slot Damari Mathis in here somewhere. Where do you project him to go? Where's he on your list specifically? You know, what corner number, if you have that, or what round grade did you give him? So where are you looking at Damari Mathis to go? Yeah, so I think, you know, it's tough. Like you said, it's a very deep corner class. I mean, there's a ton of top corners, in you know, at the top and then the depth too. Like in the day two range, there's like almost a dozen or maybe over a dozen in that range where you're thinking, you know, this guy might go here. Like even combine standouts like Zion McCollum, right? I mean, that guy blew blew the combine out of the water. So it's like there's so much depth. It's tough to figure out where it's going to, you know, piece together, how it's going to piece together, where guys are going to go. I do think with Damari, the thing that he has going for him is, you mentioned it, you know, having that man coverage experience. That was such a big part of his game at Pittsburgh, being on that island all the time. And he proved that he could hold up there. You know, there were some lapses, as we've said, but, you know, at least having that closing speed, that explosiveness and recovery ability with that ability to gear up quickly out of transitions, even if he's not the most fluid. I, I was encouraged by his NFL combine, not just with testing, is that he looked really fluid in the space. So. It could be just a matter of getting a little lower in your stance. I think he does a good job of it already, but, you know, being a little more efficient with that footwork, being a little tighter, you know, maybe that could help him. So we'll see if he can improve there. But I think a lot of the traits are there, especially if you're a team that runs more man than zone. Now, in today's NFL, you have to be able to do either one. You have to play situational football. So, like, I, I never subscribe to the idea where you're being drafted to just play one, right? You have to be able to play both. But I do think that he, you know, has traits that translate well in zone too. That, that explosiveness being one of them, you know, the ability to close quickly, you know, it, it's all there. So I think with him yeah, using that projection, I could see day two somewhere in day two being his landing spot. Obviously, with the forty-three and a half inch for we know teams have some teams have specific athletic thresholds for what they're looking for, um, and I, I just know that he'd be at the top for a lot of those. You know, with that sub four speed in that 43 and a half inch for obviously, you know, it doesn't show up quite that much in tape, but that's a high bar to clear. I still think he has very good explosiveness on tape. So it's not, it's not, you're splitting hairs at that point. Right. So I think there's a lot there and the physical edge too. That's something, you know, especially if you're an old school evaluator, you might look at that and say, I want that on my team because it's a lot easier to teach a physical corner who's like, he is a little grabby sometimes when he gets a step behind and that can hurt him. That can draw penalties. Right. But it's a lot easier for a physical cornerback to teach him to be cleaner with that physicality than it is to teach a passive corner. Who's not overly physical to be more physical. Sometimes that toughness, that competitive toughness is more of an innate trait for corners. So do you like to see it in guys and it's something that you can kind of refine and clean up? I think that's the case with Damari. So if I can look up, I'm going to look at my big board for a sec. I don't have the number right on me here, but I think um, I think he was my CB6, right? Actually, let me look it up on my computer. But he's up there. He's he's up there for me. I, I ran his numbers through my new uh, grading scale, which admittedly is incomplete. It's not perfect, but it is a good way to quantify analysis and you know try and try and get a handle on where you guys are. So I got Andrew Booth, CB1, uh, Derek Stanley, CB2, Kyrie Elam, CB3, Ahmad Gardner, CB4, and then I have Martin Emerson, Damari, Ma Kyle Gordon. I think Damari Mathis is CB7. No, he's CB8. Yeah, because Jalen Armour Davis. He's in the top 10, though. You know, that's my that's around my top eight. He's in there. He's up there. He's in that day two range, that kind of mid-day two range for me. I would take him late round two, personally, because I think a lot of the traits are there. But 
I think more likely is that he goes round three, maybe early round four, but definitely up from what we were, you know, you know, assuming earlier in the cycle, like mid day three, right? Yeah. So uh, certainly, I think that certainly have thoughts on that. But first, folks, let me let you guys know about Built Bar because Built Bar is the protein bar that has all the taste that you guys would ever want. Built Bar has the first ever protein infused marshmallow with the Built Bar Puffs, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, just like all other Built Bars. So you can replace your candy bars with these healthy Built Bars because you get all the health benefits of a protein bar while getting the deliciousness of a usual candy bar. And here's all you have to look at low calories, low sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein. It's all there for you. So here's all you have to do. Go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 50% off your first order from Built.com. Go to Built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your first order from Built.com. Again, I do want to talk about what Ian just said. Obviously, just had that ad interruption. But you said... CB8, round three, round four. So that's interesting to me because I, 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 when I look at what I guess Damari brings to the table, I, I see a lot of good things. Um, I, I do kind of wonder, though, if, if some of the stuff that we had talked about, I think usually he would be a round three lock, but it's such a deep class, and you have guys there that are, are so much fun. You even have, you know, Tariq Woolen. Uh, you have – Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State. Uh, you have all these guys that are in this kind of mold where you got to wonder if, if some of these guys are going to get pushed down the board a little bit just because of that. And, and again, I think that round three grade is very valid. Uh, I, I think what you are talking about with him makes complete sense. I, I would imagine, and I think you're kind of right in that area, uh, day or late day two, early day three, right? Uh, very early day three in that early part of that fourth round, I could see him uh, fitting in there. I could see him going in round three. I, I remember at Pitt Pro, specifically the Bengals, a uh, DB coach was there. Um, round three there makes sense to me. Uh, I, I think, it, I think there's a lot of good fits for him there in that back end of that third round too. Like when you look at who's actually picking in that area, I think a lot of it actually makes sense and and here's kind of what i will say about that back end of the third round you have as i said cincinnati you have some teams like san francisco that could use some help uh detroit could always use a little bit more help you have baltimore that could maybe draft in their corner they always love to draft those guys uh, i mean there are a ton of teams in that back end of the third round where i think yeah the patriots well. too who uh, run yeah. a lot of man as well so yeah i mean you you can name as many of them. I mean, and, and I mean, 84 to the Steelers. I mean, that's possible as well. Um, so I, I think that is possible. If you're thinking about him staying in Pittsburgh, um, that is a possibility. So I, I like that. Now let's just talk one more thing about Demario. We talked about his game. We talked about where he might go. What about his fits? What's your favorite fits for Demario Mathis and what he does? Well, I think the Bengals are definitely one to bring them up. They obviously got an up-close look at him at the uh, pro day, you know, running through those drills and seeing him jump 43 and a half inches in person. That would, you know, admittedly, that would latch in my mind a little bit. Like, oh, this guy's got hops, right? So I'd love that. But I do think, you know, the Patriots, as I mentioned, they run a lot of man, you know. And it's one of those things where, as I mentioned, you have to be able to play both in the NFL. 
but some schemes at the same time, and again, most schemes, like usually the highest disparity you're going to find is like 60, 40, because again, you have to be situational, but some schemes, some teams really like guys that can play one or the other. Right. And I think that Demario Mathis with that man capability, you know, in Belichick's scheme, they really pride themselves in having that. I think that having that for him, especially, you know, playing on an Island all the time at Pitt and holding his own and showing that he has the physicality and the athleticism to do that uh, is a very good fit for him. You mentioned the 49ers. I love that one as well. Uh, again, I think that he has a lot of the traits that they look for on the edge and the length especially is, is good for me because he's around 5'11", right? But having 32 inch arms, that's over, that's above average uh, length and really good proportional length for him. So that, that kind of gives him a higher disruption radius, uh, which, which helps him to make plays on the ball, helps him jam, you know, gets that, gets that extra leverage in there. So I really like that for him. I think that provides him some flexibility there. If I can look up my, uh, my latest mock draft that I had, I, I think I had him going to one of these teams. But um, I'm, I'm curious to see which team it was. I mean, with Damari and with any corner in this class, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, there's so many different permutations that you can make, right? I think with Damari, though, the good thing is that he's not one of those taller corners who might have zone, you know, zone scheme limitations where they have to go to a zone predominant scheme, right? You know, I think he's one of those guys who, while his fluidity is not elite, is good enough, you know, to kind of withstand against those NFL athletes. So, that's a good thing that's working for him and the physicality, as I mentioned. Let me see if I can find the uh, pick here. I'm clicking on the mock now. I think I had him going round three or something. We'll see. I'm going to search him real quick. But um, all right, here we go. Mathis went to the uh, he went to the Dallas Cowboys in this one. So the Cowboys getting some corner help as well. You know, I think that's one where they're more of a you know with Dan Quinn they got a lot of cover three in there. So again, but I do think he has the explosiveness, the length. To translate there as well so it's one of those things he's not going to be confined with his skill set he can go to a number of different places teams that really like man are going to especially like him because of that man ability and that experience and that scheme but at the same time with the explosiveness the length the tenacity and the ability to react and close quickly you know it's all there on tape the capacity to do it there's some minor inconsistencies there but it does give him some flexibility so i like that i think the one thing that might push him down as well as missing 2020 to an injury, right? But he showed he could rebound and recover and play really good football and then obviously tested well. There's no athletic concerns about whether or not, you know, he's got the same athleticism or, you know, the longevity. Nothing came out of that at the NFL Combine. So there's really no red flags to me that would push him down there from the injury sense. I think you're just looking at, like you said, the depth of the corner class and how far it pushes him down. But after he tested, after he showed out at the Senior Bowl in the NFL Combine, I would confine him to, if not round three, you know, early round four, but somewhere in that, you know, 64 to 110 range, 120 range is probably where he goes. Yeah. And I would perfectly agree with that because if you're standing out in any specific loaded class, you have to have a signature like thing that sticks out about you. Um, Like for example, Derek Stingley stands out because of his great freshman team. Right. Like that is a signature thing. Obviously, he has other traits, but the pedigree he has and the tape he had is legit. Andrew Booth, what stands out about him? Phenomenal leaping ability. Like that is something that he has um, that just I mean, he he. so Demar has the signature thing, which is like, holy crap, he's explosive as heck. And he has this unique scheme he came from. So he has things that stick out to you. Uh, and I'm not sure all those mid round corners, you know, they might be good, but I'm not sure you have the same type of ability of like okay, this is what he has. And I think that's going to be very important for Damari Mathis moving forward. And I, I like a lot of the fits that you named there. I think, again, I think he's going to fit in a lot of different places. And a lot of these 
hit DBs, you know, Hamlin, Jackson, Pinnock. They've gone to the NFL, Monte Mannix. Uh, they've gone to the NFL from the Narduzzi scheme, and they've ended up being long longevity. The longevity of these pit guys has been pretty impressive, even yeah. if they're late-round guys. But DeRion Mass is going to be the, probably the highest drafted of any of them. But I do want to talk about some other pit guys that we haven't talked about yet. But first, let me let you guys know about BetOnline.net because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sport betting needs and information. Find all the latest sports development league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts now yeah, i did want to transition from the more Mathis to someone who I, I again tested really well at pit pro day and i thought had a chance now you know really who was someone that i don't think was talked about at all i've seen his name pop up a little bit more now in league circles John Patrician, the linebacker from Pitt, uh, former converted safety, came from Penn State. He walked on to Pitt, earned a scholarship, and not only did he do that, he earned, he earned playing time, ended up being a big-time contributor for this team. And what are your kind of thoughts on John Patrician? Is he going to get drafted? How do you see him in the NFL? What do you like about John Patrician? Yeah, so I was his his testing numbers obviously caught my eye. I mean, I think the uh, the official ones came in a little bit lower than the uh, initial ones, but still a four six eight forty yard dash, which is really good for a linebacker. I mean, like it's not elite, right? But if you're a linebacker, you're playing at the second level. You know, rarely are you traversing the whole field. I'd prefer if you had that short range explosiveness, which he showed. He had that thirty five and a half inch vert, that ten foot broad, and a seven oh two three cone is very good as well. And then twenty bench reps showing he's got that upper upper body strength at around 6'1", 227. So the size, the explosiveness is there for him. I wanted to see if it translated on the tape. It's always what you want to do, you know, especially, you know, with Damari Mathis after that 43-and-a-half-inch vertical. Does it translate on tape? You ask that question for everyone. And with Patrician, I was impressed. You know, I thought it did. You know, I do think he closes ground quickly in that middle range. Uh, he was playing a lot of outside backer, a lot of will, you know, in coverage, especially dropping back, sometimes that overhang slot which I was impressed with. I think he showed fluidity in space, which is really good. You know, sometimes guys have that, you know, straight line explosiveness, but are a little stiff in the hips and can't always redirect their momentum. And I thought Patricia showed a good job of that. I think he did that in coverage. Uh, there were times when he'd flip his hips and run with guys, and that was really impressive. And then also showing some spatial awareness to kind of hold his ground and follow the QB's eyes. Uh, a lot of good stuff that I like to see. When he came downhill, you know, there were a few missed tackles. And I think that, you know, he can wrap up a little bit better, can take better angles sometimes. There were some times when he gets into congestion and hesitated a little bit. You know, it might be that former safety where you're not as comfortable working congestion as a guy who's been playing linebacker his entire career. So stuff that you got to clean up there if you're going to play in the box. But I was impressed with the coverage utility. I really was. I think running a 4-6-8, you know, it's a good time, not an elite time. That might push him down a little bit. Again, it's not like a, a liability time, but it's something that might not, you know, supersede other linebackers with that time. So I could see him, you know, if he doesn't get drafted in like round seven or six, yeah, as an undrafted free agent, I'd be he'd be one of the first calls that I would make, just getting that coverage ability and that explosiveness in my camp. Um, and from what I from everything I've heard too, a great character, you know, a great guy to have in that locker room at the very at the very least, right? So I think there was enough on tape for me to say 
I'm circling this guy, giving him a call. You know, if I don't get him with an extra seventh rounder, you know, get him in my camp and see what he can do. Because I think as a will, you know, I think he's got that ability and coverage, that fluidity along with his explosiveness to be a solid player, maybe match up against some tight ends. So I, I was a pretty big fan relative to the hype. And, you know, I think we could see him sneak in along with Phil Campbell. I didn't get to watch as much as him, but he ran a four, six, three. And I think he showed that speed uh, in some flashes that I watched on tape. So those are two guys that have the natural talent. And that, that's something that teams always like to bank on. Yeah, for sure. And again, Patrician tested well. He essentially was the nickel defender because Pitt doesn't run a nickel package, uh, at least mm -hmm. in last year. So you're talking about a big linebacker here who was essentially a nickel defender. Did a pretty good job at it, I thought. Uh, I think at the very least, he's going to be a really quality special teamer at the next level, which is always something to look for and be commended for. Uh, so I, I like what John Patrician brings to the table. I'm not sure he's going to get drafted, but someone that could get drafted is Lucas Kroll, tight end here who I thought had a really good day for his size. I thought he did a really nice job uh, overall. And I thought, you know, his tape was iffy with some of the drops, but I thought he was a pretty uh, interesting player. I, th I think there's places for him. And I think in this tight end group, you know, with his athleticism kind of late in that class, he kind of sticks out as, a, as an option there that could be an athletic type of guy. Could see him sneaking in round seven. What do you think of Lucas Kroll? Yeah, I like him. And he was obviously, uh, he was on Feldman's freaks list before the season. So, you know, the athleticism is definitely well advertised and it shows up on tape. You know, I think his testing numbers were around 6'6", 253. He's got 33 and 5 eighths arms. So I love that length as well, running a 4'6", 4", 35 inch for 10 inch broad or 10 foot broad, I should say. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where very uh, athletic guy and it shows up again, that smooth athleticism in space, you know, especially up the seam. I think he's an easy accelerator, really good at kind of sifting into those open zones and getting open that way. Um, but I, I was impressed with his ability to kind of cut stems as well. You know, there's some in-breaking routes where he's really efficient with his footwork and can, can accelerate quickly out of those breaks. I love to see that. You know, again, I think the, the main issue is what you mentioned, you know, for a guy as big as he is and, you know, as energetic and, and you know, kind of tenacious as he is, you see him really celebrating on the sideline. He's a high motor guy. You know, he has that, you know, that that oct high octane energy to him, you know, which you, I love to see in a tight end. But at the same time, there's a lot of drops and not just, you know, I think the hand technique can improve, but at the same time as well, can really struggle to work through contact sometimes like he'll get his hands on the ball. But then, you know, you some guys have that hand strength where you just can't rip it away. And Krull is not in that category yet. You know, there's times where he gets the hands on it, but a DB can come in late and wedge it out. And then right there, you know, you're really close to a catch and that, that deflated momentum can really hurt offenses. So I'd like to see him improve that hand technique and the hand strength, you know, especially amidst contact. Uh, there's times, too, where he just you know has trouble tracking the ball. But I do like the size, the athleticism. It's all there for him. And he has flashed a lot in the instincts department. So if I'm if I'm a team, I would definitely consider taking him probably round six or seven is where it starts. Right. But he has the physical traits to bank on if he can become a better catcher of the football and kind of hone his traits more. There's a lot of upside there. So especially getting him in a rotation as a second or third tight end, I'd be on board with that. Yeah. And so I find him to be interesting just because of the type of skill set he has. I don't think there's a lot of guys that late in the draft that have yeah. his athleticism or upside. Um, so if you're looking for like a tight end two, tight end three that can be athletic and give you some of that production, I think he's interesting. Could split out at that Y spot, uh, F spot, whatever you want. I think he can do that. Uh, so I think he's interesting in that regard. And then there's, you know, one more guy I think that kind of sticks out to me as a guy that could be drafted. He got invited to the NFL PA Bowl. Uh, Taser Mack uh, is interesting to me because he was essentially having his best season of his career, then broke his collarbone uh, and, and was out for the rest of the season, which sucked because he he really he and Kenny Pickett were feeling each other. He was having a really good year in terms of his explosive plays 
And then he comes out. I, I think he had a pretty good testing day. Uh, wasn't, you know, eye-opening. He didn't run like a 4-3, 4-2, but he ran sub 4-5. Um, he did pretty good overall, and I thought he looked good. Um, so, taste your map. What do you think? I saw. I know in the latest mock you had him being drafted. Um, so that, that was interesting to me and a notable thing. You think he's going to get drafted? I think he could. Again, it's a very deep wide receiver class, but there is a there's a point where it drops off in like that round six range, right? Like there's guys that you know are going to get drafted, and then it kind of dips a little bit. Like there's guys that are kind of wild cards. You don't really know what to expect. And I think in that range, in that round six, round seven range you could see a number of different variations for who gets drafted and who gets left out. It's going to be up to, you know, I think cosmetic factors will have something to do with it. Maybe injury history, age, you know, stuff like that. It's things that teams can be sticklers about. Sometimes they'll invest in guys that you don't really expect because of that. So tastier that might hurt him a little bit, but I do like the big playability on tape. Uh, I think the explosiveness definitely checks out. You look at the, you know, I think he had a 36-inch vert and a, and a 122 broad. 4.55, again, not blazing speed, right, but enough speed to get up field at least and stretch space a little bit. And then 6.2, 200 with 32-inch arms around there. You know, that's pretty good size, right? You know, that's size that you have. It's enough to compete in contested situations. And I think that's one of his better traits is, you know, rising vertically, you know, tracking the football and bringing those catches in. Very good at making the life a little bit easier for the quarterback with that catching ability and that instincts in the air. So I look at that and I think he can at least create at the catch point. You know, I, I go through a process, three step, you know, a three level threat. You know, can you create before the catch? Can you create at the catch point? And can you create after the catch? And I think Tazir, where he wins, even though he's not an overwhelming size threat, is that vertical threat where he can rise and reach the ball, has a good sense of timing, really good hands. And I think that alone is, is pretty good utility that not all, all wide receivers have. You'd think catching would be, you know, kind of, a, you know, the deal for them, but he's, you know, some guys have struggles with drops. I didn't see that a ton on Tazier's tape. I think more often than not, pretty good, pretty instinctive at the catch point. I think that combined with his ability to get downfield quickly and rise up in the air and kind of time those leaps, pretty good. So I think you can make a career off of that. I'm not sure if he'll be drafted, but that's a skill set too that, you know, even if you're not an elite separator, you can win in camp that way. You know, that's a good way in one-on-ones if you have that ability to win in contested situations, if you have that instinctive ability that can help you make a roster or a practice squad and kind of stick around in the league. So I can see that being a path for him. Yeah. And, and again, that is something that I find to be pretty interesting with him. Contested catch guy this year, I think got a little sharper in his route running and was able to create a lot more separation, which I thought was good to see. But again, the injuries kind of just jolted that entire momentum to a stop. But I, I think he's a guy that could potentially get drafted. Now, Ian, before I let you go here, I want to ask you two things. First, Cal Adamitis, is he going to be the first long snapper drafted? Second, 2023 guys. I know there's Jordan Addison, but who are you looking at? Yeah, so Cal Adamitis, I'm on a pit podcast, so I'm obligated to say yes. No, but I do think um, the Senior Bowl, right? You look at the guys from last year. I think Thomas Fletcher and Cameron Cheeseman were at the Senior Bowl. They were the long snappers that were there. They both got drafted. Cal Adamitis was the long snapper at the Senior Bowl. So I think if there's a team that needs a long snapper, the Senior Bowl, you know, in recent history is where they look to first. And I think Adam Midas, uh, I think he had, I can't remember, did he, have a, did he uh, do the uh, bench press? I don't think he did. Oh, no, he did. Did he do it at the combine? I forgot. I'll have to look back. I, I haven't been, you know, well studied on my long snapper tape. But I do know, you know, he's a high character guy as well. You know, I know the foundation work he does off the field is great. Be a good locker room addition. Uh, and then just being at the Senior Bowl too, having that presence there, being able to kind of get one-on-one -on -one with teams and see them in person can be a really good thing for teams looking to get comfortable with a player's personality, 
right? And I imagine they'd have no issues with Adam Ibis there. So I could definitely see him being one of the long snappers that's drafted late just because of that, just because of that senior bill element. But moving to 2023, guys, I think, you know, Jordan Addison's tough. I, I really wanted to talk about him, but I know we got to talk about other guys as well. You know, there's only so much you can say about Addison before you just realize you're going to keep talking for hours because he's already a stud. Uh, he's such a fun player, you know, looking at how he separates, how he wins after the catch with that run after catch ability, and then the ability to make plays on the ball as well. You know, Kenny Pickett, I'm a big fan of his tape, but there were times where the passes kind of led Addison into trouble, and Addison still did a really good job dealing with that, with his, you know, contested catch, the instincts, the ability to contort and haul on those passes and miss contact. I'm a big fan. I know you you mentioned uh, Greg Jennings as his comp. I think it was a couple of podcasts ago. I like that on the surface. I want to explore that once we start that 2023 cycle, but he's got talent and he's got talent everywhere, not just a, a one-dimensional receiver. He's a, he's the full package. So I'm a big fan of him. I think moving around with Pitt, if I could bring up some other guys, Israel Bonaconda, uh, running back. I was really impressed with some of the plays that he made. Really good athlete. I think that's going to help him a lot. He continues to, to develop as a running back with soft skills there. I think that um, coming to Kanata Mumfield, the Akron transfer, he's shown some good stuff. I'm excited to see how he translates in that offense, obviously with Keaton Slovis being the quarterback now. And even Slovis is going to be an interesting story, right? I mean, he showed really good prom promise at a USC as a freshman and then kind of trickled down, battled injuries a lot, want to see if he's fully healthy. I don't love the ceiling there. I think he has a pretty low ceiling relative to other quarterbacks, but he flashed a lot of good traits at USC, you know, being, you know, enough mobility to kind of escape in the pocket and buy himself time, really good accuracy, right? So if you can get into rhythm and, and kind of show off that stuff at Pittsburgh, I know Kirk Cousins has been a high-end comp for him. I think he can maybe reach that, but, you know, if not that, be a really good backup in the league. So I'm a big fan of, you know, the, the pr projection there. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, well, actually first, one more. Uh, I know Carter Warren, he was going to be a day two tackle for me if he declared this year, and he didn't. I was kind of bummed by that because he's got some great tape. I thought he really hit his stride this year. Uh, you know, not just the athleticism and the length, but he's a mauler. I mean, he blocks to the end of the whistle. He'll drive guys in the ground, and he's got some left-right versatility too. So I thought he was going to go day two potentially if he declared. He didn't. Uh, but I do think he's, you know, in that early round range, you know, initially for the tackles next year. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, I mean, where do I start here? I mean, there's so many guys. Kalaja Kansi on the interior. I mean, he's a beast. He's a wrecking ball, super compact defensive lineman who's explosive, twitchy. I love that about guys. Haba Baldonado is another one, a really high motor guy who has some interesting tools. I think he came over from Italy, right? So he's got a great story, uh, but he's he's got some tools, a high motor, and he's you know got that length as well. You know, he's a big guy. I'm really excited to see him kind of hit that stride this year. John Morgan is another one. I think he's a little smaller, but he did flash a little bit for me, so I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, Servasier Denis, uh, the linebacker, very explosive dude. Uh, my one, I think on my notes, I wanted to see him improve in coverage a little bit. So I'm looking for him to kind of take the next step there. But as a blitzer, right, he comes downhill with a ton of heat as a run defender, not afraid to surge into those gaps. Uh, and he's a he's a fearless heavy hitter who's got that, you know, closing speed to really make plays in the box. So I was a big fan of his tape. Uh, looking forward to seeing him make the next step. And I know there are a few corners in the secondary that I wrote down. I'll have to kind of check my notes later on. But uh, Pitt Pittsburgh, bottom line is they got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. And I think, you know, a lot of guys leaving in this class, like Kenny Pickett, uh, Damari Mathis, Taysier Mack, you know, a lot of guys that were kind of the glue for this team. But I don't think it stops there. I think you've got guys coming back in. I think they're kind of they're going to roll it back and they're going to be competitive again. And I think it all starts with the talent up front on both sides of the ball, but also guys like Jordan Addison who really take this team to the next level. So big fan of the talent that's coming out. I've got a couple guys circled and we'll see where it goes. But I'm, I'm really, you know, always happy to watch Pitt tape because I know these guys are well coached. 
I know they're well-developed and it's going to keep happening like that. Well, don't worry about it. I'll have you on here this summer. We'll talk to those 2023 guys in depth for now, 2022 though. But Ian, as always, great stuff, man. Tell them where they can find your stuff, follow you, do all that good stuff. Yeah, so you can follow me at Ian underscore Cummings underscore nine on Twitter. Uh, PFN is at PFN365. That's where we got all the draft stuff coming out. Um, as we head into the draft, I got we got scouting reports. We're updating. I got ones on Pickett, you know, Mathis as well, so check those out. Um, but then also just scouting reports on other players. If you want to study up on the rest of the class, do that. We got mock drafts. We got podcasts. We got Twitter spaces. Um, it's a busy time, but we're producing content, so b- feel free to check it out. And, you know, especially next year when 2023 rolls in, uh, a lot more pit prospect talk to get into. So excited for that when it comes. But for the meantime, 22 NFL Draft, uh, please check us out. We appreciate it. Make sure to check them out, folks, as always. Thank you for listening to Locked On Pit Podcast. And as always, hail to Pit.